Hi, my friend. Thank you for joining. A few months ago, I mean, six, seven months ago, when the world was learned that there's going to be a vaccine, Israel made a deal with Moderna that they should provide Israel with millions of doses to vaccinate the country. They made a deal, they paid a certain amount of money, it was all over the news. Then in November, when it came out, when the world learned that Pfizer is going to be the first company to have the vaccine ready, everybody in Israel, the opposition, and the media started to attack Netanyahu that he made, he made a deal with the wrong company. He didn't care for the people and now it's going to be the Pfizer is going to provide a, a, the vaccine and Israel will not have anything. Netanyahu didn't waste any time. He made a connection with the CEO of the Pfizer company. The CEO of, the, of Pfizer is a Jew. His name is Albert Bola. He's a Jew from Saloniki, Greece. Salonika, that's, that's the name of the city, Saloniki. That's the most famous name. This is the second largest city in Greece. And it has, it's holding one of the most ancient Jewish communities in Europe. Saloniki is a, is a, they are probably Jews there for a thousand years, maybe more. After the expulsion from Spain, many Spanish Jews moved to Saloniki and to Greece and to Saloniki Spain in particular, and became a very strong, big Jewish community, full of Jewish day schools. There was a lot of culture. The language that the Jewish people spoke at that time, the Spanish Jews had their own Yiddish. It's called Ladino. Many people know about it. And the Jews were, it was a very thriving Jewish community. At one point was a time that the port in Saloniki was closed on Shabbat because the, most of the port was owned by Jews. And if they were, didn't work on Shabbat, the, the port was closed. It was a time they were, they were, that Saloniki was called the Jerusalem of the Balkan, of the Balkan uh, countries. That's how strong of a Jewish community it was. There were great rabbis there and everything. Before World War II, there were over 60,000 Jews in Saloniki. And then came the Nazis, deported all the Jews to Auschwitz or, Berg or Bergen-Belsen. 96% of the Jewish community in Saloniki perished in the Holocaust. Albert Bola was born to one of the very few families who survived the Holocaust and stayed, and stayed in Saloniki. He was born in 1961. He grew up in Saloniki, he went to college there. He got married with a Jewish girl, Miriam, I think is her name. They have two kids. And while he was still in Greece, he, started, he, he joined Pfizer company and he went in the ranks of, ranks of, the, of, the, of the company from step to step. And in 2019, he became the chairman and the CEO of the company. When the pandemic broke out, he made everything in his power 
to find a solution, to find a vaccine. He turned all the energy of the company, money, as he said himself, that they spent billions of dollars. And he said, people walk day and night to find a vaccine. You can imagine when Netanyahu had a conversation with him about providing Israel with the doses of, of the vaccine, it, didn't, it wasn't a, a, a hard time to convince him. He's a Jewish person with a strong feeling to Israel and to the Jewish people. He's a Greek, he's a, he's a proud Greek, Greek citizen and a very proud Jew. Then he actually provided Israel the vaccine. And actually I know family members, my brother-in-law was vaccinated already in Israel. I, I don't think I can get a, a vaccine in Cleveland yet, but in Israel, many people are already vaccinated with the Pfizer uh, vaccine, what's available. Then the interesting part of this, we see an amazing thing. A boy, a child of Holocaust survivors is saving the world, literally. And this reminds us of our story in the Bible that we read in the last few weeks about Joseph. Joseph was a child, was sold as a, as a young boy, 17 years old, as a slave to Egypt. In Egypt himself, his master threw him into the jail for no reason. And he was there to be for good. And when he came out from jail and he interpreted the dream for Pharaoh, he didn't hold grudges. He, couldn't, he wasn't angry and the and the Egyptian ministers who threw him into the jail and didn't care for him. He tried to save Egypt. He, told, he made the plan, now we're going to save this. the country, gave the plan to Pharaoh. He implemented the plan, he did everything. Usually many times people get, go around with gorgeous, they're angry, they, they, they want to take revenge. And the same thing happened to our mother on Joseph, a Jewish boy, a child of Holocaust survivors, it was partnering with, a, with a BioNTech, I think is the name of the German company, and together they produced, with a German company, they produced a vaccine that will save the world and the German people included. Because why he said that everyone spoke about Joseph and he said, because Joseph was a descendant of Abraham. And Abraham, it's written about Abraham, he told his children and his grandchildren to do charity and justice, to save the world, no matter who it is no matter what was before, no matter who is right and who is wrong, you have an opportunity to save the world, to save people, you do it. This was true about Joseph, and it's true about our modern-day Joseph. Um, this man, when he spoke to, to Netanyahu, he told, told Netanyahu, Netanyahu told him that he was in Greece, and he was visiting uh, the synagogue there. He told him, yes, in this synagogue I got married. And his friends speak about him. They say he's a very modest man. He is an humble man and they remember him from childhood. He said that didn't, he never changed. He's the same person that he wanted. The, the success didn't change his lifestyle, didn't change his behavior. He still shares his time between New York and Greece. He goes every summer, I think he's going to Greece. And now it's unbelievable. He, he is really the leader of saving the world. In this parsha, we read about Joseph. And we read how Joseph uh, reveals himself to his brothers. He tells them the most famous line, I'm Joseph, is my father still alive? And they were like after the initial shock, they're standing in front of the ruler of Egypt, who they sold him as a slave. He tells them, come back, please come back. 
He tells them, listen, don't feel bad that you sold me. You didn't sell me. God sent me here. God made, he tells, and he tells them later, tell my father that God made me to be a father to Pharaoh, a master to his household, and a ruler over Egypt. That's what he says. Very powerful words. But when you examine this verse, something jumps out. A father to Pharaoh? God made me a father to Pharaoh? Pharaoh is the king. When Pharaoh appointed them to be, to be the ruler of Egypt, the second to the king, Mishnelemelech, the prime minister, whatever you want to call him, he told him, listen, you can run Egypt. You can do what, it's all in, in your end. But one thing, let's make clear. I am the boss. Raka Kiseh, the chair, the throne is above you. I am the, I am the king. Shouldn't be any misunderstanding who is the boss here. And now can he say to his brothers that he knows it's going to be public, God has made me a father to Pharaoh. What do you mean a father to Pharaoh? It's an insult to say to the king that he's his father. Not long ago came out a book by a, by a guy who searched research history, a type of an historian. And he researched the history of ancient Egypt and he compares it to the biblical story. And he tried to find out who was the king that the Torah is talking about, the Pharaoh. You know, every king in Egypt was called Pharaoh. Who was the king at that time? There were 31 dynasties in ancient Egypt. And after figuring it out, there were sometimes there were dynasties parallel dynasties. There were two parts of Egypt. There were kings in two parts. And after trying to figure out and calculating all going back, he came to the conclusion which he was able to identify the Pharaoh that had the dreams that Joseph met him. And in the Medrash it says that Joseph met, him, met the king and he interpreted the dream for him. He also told them as a sign to prove that he knows what he's talking about. He told them, today, a baby boy will be born for you, to you. And in the, in the, in he, was, he identified the king at the, the time when a baby boy was born. And then in the history of Egypt, of ancient Egypt is written, then this baby, the, the, the Pharaoh had the boy, six years later, before the end of the seven years of plenty, the seven good years, the king died. And his son, the six-year-old son, was announced to be the next king. Now, in ancient history, that was a very common thing. In the Bible, there is a story about the king Joash. He was seven years when he was announced the king. He was, became, they, they count him as the king of Israel, the, same, the king of um, Judah, I think. The same thing in the ancient history was the same thing. If he's the son of the king, he, he continues. He's the hero. Now it makes sense. Pharaoh, before he died, entrusted his young son to be the king in the end of Joseph. Why in the end of Joseph? Joseph was a foreigner. Joseph cannot be the king of Egypt. Joseph will never be, he's an Hebrew. He's not, he will never be the king. He's not trying even to be the king. Then he will protect his son until he grows up and give him the, give him the power. He cannot trust his own politician, the Egyptians. Maybe they want to be the kings. He made, he, the, king, the kid became the king. It makes sense. And when the famine started, he tells to his brothers, God made me a father to Pharaoh. The Pharaoh, the young Pharaoh, 
or a daytime was eight years old by the second year of the family, but made him nine years old, he was his adopting father. He protected them. He was his patron. That's why he called him, he said, I'm a father to Pharaoh. And this explains another thing. In last week's parasha, we read about the beginning of the famine, how the, the Egyptian come to the Pharaoh and tell him, Pharaoh, we, need, we are hungry. We need bread, give us bread. What does Pharaoh tell them? What Pharaoh tells them? Pharaoh tells them, go to Joseph, whatever he will tell you, you should do. What do you mean go to Joseph, whatever he tells you, you should do? You're the king, say, call Joseph. You is second in command, tell him, listen, Joseph, you see these guys, take care of them. You should do A, B, C, and D, and do it. They come to complain to the king to tell him, give us food. He says, go to Pharaoh, go to Joseph. The answer is the same. He was a child. He told him, I cannot really help you. I'm the king. But who is in control? Who is the boss? Who runs the country? Joseph. Go to Joseph. Whatever he tells you, you should do. There is no other solution. This king in the, in the ancient history, the story of this king is that this king lived to be until the age he was a king for 96 years. The only king from the Teriwan dynasties, every dynasty of seven or eight kings, the only king that was a king for so long is this king. Usually the kings lived very short. You know, in ancient times, kings did not die in their bed of old age. King Emeritus, oh, he's retiring to Florida. Kings at that time died one of two cases. Or they died by the war, while leading a war, or they died from assassination inside the kingdom, it was a fight. This king lived to, to, be, to be a king for 96 years. What happened there? What changed? The answer is in this week's Parsha. We're reading this week about um, Jacob arriving finally to Egypt. He came with his family. The Joseph took him, took him to meet Pharaoh. Then the Torah tells us he came into Pharaoh and he gave him a blessing. Then Pharaoh is asking him a strange question. What is Pharaoh asking him? How old are you? Always when I read it, the king is asking, meeting an old man, he's asking him, the only, and that's the only, only question he is recorded. Nothing goes. He asks him, how old are you? And Jacob tells him, I'm, I'm, I'm not as old as my parents. I had a lot of sorrows, so to speak, apologizing why, why he looks old, why he's so wrinkled. Such a question, it's strange, but when you think about it, that the, that the king is eight years old, it makes sense. But he gave him what the point is, he gave him a blessing when he walked in. He gave him a blessing when he walked out, before he walked out. What's the blessing that he gave him? It's not written, he just said he blessed Pharaoh. He gave him two blessings, a double blessing. Some commentators say he blessed him with long life. You know, just like by the Jewish people, until today in Morocco, where the, the Jews in the synagogues pray for the long live the king. That's a blessing, that, that, that's a prayer for them. That's the announcement. In the Bible, everywhere, Jacob blessed them. He should live long. From a double blessing of Jacob, from a double blessing of a tzaddik, it's not a surprise that the king lived to be so old and he was 96 years old, 96 years a king, a king in Egypt. 
the only king in the history of Egypt. From a blessing of a tzaddik for long life, you, you only benefit. And he's taking care of the Jewish people, actually took care of himself. During all his reign, Jewish people enjoyed Egypt and they did very well in Egypt, became very strong, became the, sh the shakers and the movers of the, of the country. And this king died, then things changed. And for this, we'll read in the, in the book of, the, of uh, Exodus.